Hello and welcome to the program UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about what about Bigfoot? That's correct. What about Bigfoot? Bigfoot's a topic that we don't cover a ton on this program, but I just think it's so fascinating with so many people having reported these things. And the question often arises, are these uh, biological creatures? Are they some sort of cryptid? Are they perhaps UFO, alien, ET, non-human entity related? This first article takes us it's from uh, LifeScience.com. It says, The most famous Bigfoot sightings, written by Patrick Pester, published December 27, 2022. Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, is one of North America's most enduring legends, with thousands of people claiming to have seen the giant ape-like creature. Here are the most famous Bigfoot sightings, it says. And it's got a pretty cool illustration here. It says, Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, is one of North America's most enduring legends, the scientific community largely dismisses the idea of a large unknown ape-like creature sauntering through the forest because there's never been any hard evidence that such an animal exists. Now, I will say there's been some hair samples found that have come back, I believe, as uh, non-human. Uh, they really haven't resolved it. And I think part of the problem with this might be just because people are so close-minded about this stuff. It says, nonetheless, there have been thousands of reported eyewitness accounts over the last half century from people all over the U.S. and Canada. Here are some of the most famous Bigfoot sightings. One of the most famous Bigfoot sightings allegedly occurred on Micah Mountain in British Columbia in 1955 when a man called William Rowe claimed he saw a partly human, partly animal creature while hiking. He swore in affidavit in 1957 that the creature was about six foot tall and covered in brown silver-tipped hair with thick arms reaching down to its knees, broad feet and breast, according to the Alberta Sasquatch Organization website. Now, this would just be quite an animal. Six feet tall, not as tall as we think of a lot of these um, Bigfoot, possibly a juvenile, who knows, but the fact that its arms reach clear down to its knees. He says, as I watched this creature, I wondered if some movie company was making a film at this place, and what I saw was an actor made up to look partly human and partly animal, wrote, wrote in his 1957 affidavit, but as I observed it more, I decided it would be impossible to fake such a specimen. According to Abominable Science, Origins of the Yeti, Nessie, and other famous cryptids, Rose ape-like sighting marks a change from earlier Sasquatch accounts from British Columbia, which repeatedly described Sasquatch as a giant-sized indigenous person. In other words, it was the birth of modern Bigfoot, though that name wouldn't emerge for another year. Scientists argue that eyewitness testimony isn't always reliable, so this and other sightings are not conclusive evidence. Well, of course they're not conclusive, but they're eyewitness evidence, okay? And we've talked about many times here in this program, uh, people are locked up all over this country based on eyewitness evidence. So if eyewitness evidence is not worth anything, I guess we better change the court system, hadn't we? Prospector Albert Osman claimed that he spent around a week with a Bigfoot family near Toba Inlet, British Columbia in 1924. Osman was camping alone when he says he was scooped up in his sleeping bag by a Papa Bigfoot and taken to meet Mama Bigfoot and two Bigfoot children. Osman was supposedly held captive by the family, but said he eventually escaped when Papa Bigfoot ate Osman's chewing tobacco and fell ill, according to a retelling of the story in anthropologist David Daling's book, Bigfoot Exposed, an anthropologist examines American enduring legend. Yeah, some people don't really like to swallow that tobacco juice. It can be nasty if you're not used to it, that's for sure. Osman's description of his captors 
are similar to that of Rowe's 1957 account. However, Degling points out in his book that even though Osman said the encounter took place in 1924, he didn't write it down until 1957 after he heard Rowe's tell, so he may have been inspired or influenced by Rowe. Well, that's quite possible, but you know, a lot of times those old timers, they heard things, saw things they just never talked about. He goes on and says, what is likely the most famous Bigfoot sighting was caught on camera in 1967. The Patterson-Gimlin film is a minute-long video that appears to show a female Bigfoot, later nicknamed Patty, walking through a clearing in Northern California. The film was still often held up by Bigfoot believers as the best piece of evidence for the creature's existence. The scientific community has overwhelmingly dismissed the film as showing a person wearing a costume. Well, we know you have to follow the science, don't you? Because, hey... We've got this elite group of people on top that know everything. Their name's science. Just do do whatever they tell you. Believe whatever they say. Jeffrey Meldrum, a professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University. We've seen this guy on TV. He seems like a pretty cool guy to me. And author of Sasquatch Legend Me Science is one of the few scientists who publicly back the film and the existence of Bigfoot. Meldrum told Life Science that not only is he convinced the film is real, but believes it's grown more incredible it's grown more credible over time. The creature's walk was criticized in the 1960s for being too human, but Meldrum argues that the subsequent scientific discoveries such as Lucy, an extinct 3.2 million-year-old human ancestor, reveal our ape-like ancestors walked upright, so there's now a scientific justification for the creature's human-like gait. Yeah, I think that uh, Meldrum kind of goes for the idea that these things are some sort of of, uh, throwback species to the humans. Uh, I'm not so sure. Maybe. It seems to me, though, that they're a lot more likely to be some sort of non-human entity. What you see in that film is exactly how we envision something like a robust arthroplithocene to look, Meldrum said. It's almost as if now the science has finally caught up to this whole phenomenon of Bigfoot. Meldrum noted that anatomical features visible on the film, such as the proportions of the face, match up with early humans, such as Paranthropus boisei, a species that lived around 2.3 million years ago to 1.2 million years ago, according to the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. The size of the creature in the film was estimated to be to be between six and seven foot tall. Wow, that's you know it would be kind of neat if they could go back and really do an exact estimation on that. Maybe they have, and someone can tell us exactly how high, how tall they think this thing was. And you know, if it's seven foot tall. I think we could pretty well rule out this thing being a man unless, unless you know, the, the, the head costume would be that much outsized. I don't know. However, most experts are not convinced by the footage. Darren Nish, a paleozoologist and author of Hunting Monsters, Cryptozoology, and Reality Behind the Mist, summarized plenty of reasons to question the film's authenticity in a 2020 Twitter thread. Most notably, he highlights that Patterson, who shot the film, had already turned Bigfoot into a money-spending operation before releasing it. But Nish adds that Patty's pelt appears to glisten and move like that of a real animal, and her muscle movements look genuine, suggesting it's a very good hoax. No matter how much evidence you give some of these people, they're never going to entertain the possibility that these things are real. Brian Riggle, an associate professor of history of science at Keene University in New Jersey and author of Searching for Sasquatch, Crackpots, Eggheads, and Cryptozoology, is more damning of the film. Yeah, with a title like that, I mean, what, what are you going to assume? And told Life Science that people project their own views onto Patty. You look at it and you see what you want to believe, he said. I don't know. I'm just looking at it and seeing this creature walk across the creek. 
and I don't know if it's a man in a suit or an animal, but it looks pretty convincing. The Ape Canyon incident in 1924 wasn't so much an alleged sighting as a supposed battle. A group of gold prospectors claimed they defended their cabin against multiple gorilla men in a gorge later named Ape Canyon on the side of Mount St. Helens. One of the miners, Fred Beck, allegedly shot at a Sasquatch during the day, which prompted a gang of its hairy brethren to seek revenge come nightfall. The creatures are said to have pelted the miners' cabin with rocks and boulders, and one even reached an arm inside. The miners survived the onslaught, and as the sun rose, the beast retreated back into the woods, possibly after Beck shot one. Beck returned to the scene with U.S. forest rangers after news broke of the attack. The rangers couldn't find a Sasquatch body and apparently weren't impressed with the large stones they found next to the cabin or the supposed giant footprints nearby. The local Oregonian newspaper reported at the time the rangers seemed to think the miners placed the stones there themselves and that the footprints were made by a human hand. 1924. I mean, you know, <laughs> these guys just had to work hard enough to get through a day. It seems hard to imagine they would have had time to jack around with this stuff. One popular explanation for the Ape Canyon story put forward by skeptics, other than the miners simply making it up, is that the miners were actually set upon by a gang of local youths throwing rocks at the cabin for fun, according to travel website Atlas Obscura, although this doesn't account for all the aspects of the story. Yeah, it's a favorite thing these guys like to do. They just throw some, you know, some garbage up against the wall and see if it sticks. Ignore the evidence and then uh, cite an anonymous source. That's kind of the... That's that's kind of the uh, mo here. Scott Topkins, a data manager and founder of the Bigfoot Mapping Project, a website that hosts around 8,000 historical and modern Bigfoot sightings, told Live Science that most Bigfoot sightings he's mapped don't end in conflict. When people describe the behavior of such creatures, they seem to be very curious but non-confrontational. Topkins said, "I can I can understand that. It seems like these if these things were really out to get you, it seems like there'd be a lot more missing people and a lot more dead people." I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying it seems like that's not the normal uh, the normal role these things play. There are many Bigfoot videos on YouTube, but few are as popular as a clip from Provo Canyon, Utah. The video appears to show a large black animal hunched over in the trees, possibly feeding or foraging. The camera zooms in to try to get a closer look, and a few seconds later, the great creature stands up on two legs as if it's bipedal. This causes the pair behind the camera to immediately turn and run away. The video was posted October 30th, 2012, and has amassed more than 7.6 million views on YouTube. According to account uploader Beard Card, the pair were on a camping trip, hoping to get a closer look at a deer on a hill. On our way up, we thought we saw a bear until the monster stood up and looked straight at us. Bear Card wrote in the video description, We ran straight to the car after that, leaving our tent and everything behind. It's probably all still up there. Wow, that would be pretty frightening, I suppose. Even if it was a black bear, I mean, still you're, <laughs> you have this big animal just staring up, confronting you almost. The Provo Canyon video, short and inconclusive, Eric Rucker, curator of vertebrate zoology at the Natural History Museum of Utah, told Fox 13 News Utah, after a more recent alleged sighting in 2019, that science didn't support a Bigfoot in the state. Yep follow the science must not be a bigfoot what's the likelihood that there are big animals that have gone undetected by scientists and by trained observers record said there are lots of things to discover particularly in the natural world but they don't take the form of giant apes running around in largely settled areas of the world well that's exactly why i think these things are cryptids of some sort and they're not by a lot maybe they 
maybe they take on a biological form, you know, but they're some sort of non-human entity, I believe. Skunk apes are supposedly swamp-dwelling versions of Bigfoot that are rumored to roam the southeastern U.S. On October 28, 2013, a YouTube account named Josh Highcliffe uploaded one of the most popular skunk ape videos. In it, the cameraman films a potential skunk ape forging in a Mississippi swamp. It looks like a gorilla squatted down, big, broad shoulders, little peaked head, and it's pulling off chunks of wood that seem to demonstrate extreme strength. Then all of a sudden it stands up and it's got these long legs, Meldrum said, impressed by the video, but yet to examine it in detail. The last shot of the creature in the video comes just as it stands up, similar to the 2012 Provo Canyon video. Unfortunately, people filming Bigfoot have a tendency to suddenly jerk the camera and run away just as they're about to get a good view of one. Understandably fearful and if the creature exists, but convenient if they're creating a host hoax. This is one of many reasons why skeptics decry such videos and ask believers to produce a body. I think asking people to produce a body of this thing is a bad idea because you're going to eventually end up with some jughead out there wearing a Bigfoot costume that gets shot and killed. And like we had the guy that was trying to prank people wearing a Bigfoot costume a few years ago that ran out in front of a car and got himself killed. Yeah, we don't want that. In 2008, two men, Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten, claimed to possess a frozen body of a Bigfoot specimen. They said they found it while hiking in the woods in northern Georgia. Their story made headlines, but the body turned out to be a rubber gorilla suit. Yeah, you're always going to have these these uh, knuckleheads trying to, you know, uh, prank uh, the media. It's not helpful. Now, it says here, while not a sighting per se, Bigfoot footprints are among the most commonly reported aspects of the Bigfoot phenomena. Even the name Bigfoot stems from a seemingly bogus 1958 story about giant footprints in Northern California found by a man called Ray Wallace. His children later claimed that their prints were their father's prank, according to the Smithsonian. Meldrum argues that hoaxers are rare and that he's got plenty of legitimate footprints that back up the masses of sightings. Yeah, I think there probably are a little bit of both on these. I've got over 300 footprint cast copies and original materials in my laboratory that form the basis of a remarkable body of data that attests to the fact that there is something out there leaving these footprints, Meldrum said. And the most straightforward answer is that it's a bipedal primate species that's not recognized by science. Skeptics, however, will wait for a body. I just feel like if there ever was a body found, that uh, that thing's going to disappear uh, quicker than the June snow. I tell you, they're not going to let you have one of these things if you do find one. And, and I'd hate to be the guy that turned it in. Now, I did find another uh, personal uh, tale on Reddit about somebody who had a Bigfoot experience. I did a little editing on it. And uh, it's also insightful, I think. This person says, when I was younger, I arrived at the conclusion that Sasquatch couldn't possibly exist. Initially, I held on to optimism but my enthusiasm waned as all intriguing pieces of evidence were consistently disproven, quote-unquote. Even the more compelling proofs, such as the Patterson-Gimlin field and the Skokum cache, were almost invariably dismissed as proven hoaxes. Despite the continuous sightings, the subjects only remaining alert to me stem from first-hand accounts. Numerous individuals shared their experiences with me, devoid of any apparent ulterior motives, what kept me intrigued was a sheer number of people who, throughout the history, claimed to witness the same phenomena. It seemed implausible that thousands would lie about seeing something inexplicable. I might question my sanity in light of the encounter I had five years ago, but I'm certain it wasn't a figment of my imagination. I'm not alone in having such an experience. On that day, which started like any other, 
I never anticipated anything out of the ordinary. As someone with Asperger's, I've always been a dis- I've always been a distinct individual, more passionate about certain subjects than others. Locally, I'm known as the kid with an extensive knowledge of animals who spends a significant amount of time outdoors. On December 15, 2018, at the age of 14, I suggested to my parents that we take a drive around Patoga Lake. The evening was relatively warm, around 55 degrees, and I hoped to spot some deer or birds. Our entire family, five of us, embarked on this drive in Crawford County. As we drove past Patoka Lake and continued along I-64, I peered out the window at the Hoosier National Forest, occasionally blinded by the sun's glare. I lost track of the roads we traversed and precisely where my sighting occurred. However, I recall a brick house with a long driveway surrounded by trees nearby. Approximately 100 feet away, I saw a figure walking parallel to the road. I estimate it stood at least seven feet tall, gauging its size against the driveway's width. The creature had peculiar proportions, short legs, a sizable torso, and elongated arms, all covered in long black hair. Its muscles resembled those of a bodybuilder. Despite its human-like appearance, it sported a coned head and a brow ridge reminiscent of a gorilla. I observed every detail except for the face, barely recognizable from my vantage point. It felt like witnessing the Patterson-Gimlin film in person, with previously unnoted details now standing out. In disbelief, I was silent for about five minutes after the sighting. Numerous questions raced through my mind, making it difficult to articulate words. Eventually, I mustered the courage to tell my family I saw Bigfoot. My sister, who claimed to have seen it when she was six, exclaimed, I told you it was real. Although I suggested turning back, the lack of suitable places to do so and the encroaching darkness prevented us. My dad wholeheartedly believed me, pointing out my knack for spotting things obscured from view, like a deer hidden in bushes, only visible from the top part of its head. If I had spoken up immediately, we might have captured the best piece of Bigfoot footage ever. Since that sighting, I've delved into researching other possible sightings in Crawford County. Now I bring that ready-to-use camera every time I hike. Witnesses' descriptions consistently mention black-collar, bipedal walking, and gorilla-like features. These sightings typically occur between evening and morning, suggesting the species might be nocturnal. Food sources are often linked to the creature with reports of sightings near deer or crops. Batoka Lake, Marengo, and the Harrison Crawford Forest are hotspots for sightings in Crawford. I've discovered numerous people openly discussing Bigfoot to the point where it feels like the species might have more sightings than some known native species such as gray foxes and weasels. When you consider the idea of a wild person surviving in the woods, the existence of Sasquatch seems more plausible. Humans with fewer offspring, longer lifespans, and higher intellect could, with a few wilderness adaptions, endure in such an environment. This creature with its longer arms for foraging, a sagittal crest for chewing, larger feet for balance, and features regulating temperature aligns with this concept. With once being 15 different species in the Homo genius, I believe Homo sapiens aren't the only sole survivors today. Perhaps there is more evidence of Sasquatch that remains unrecognized. I'm now certain that the Patterson-Gimlin film was genuine, and skepticism might be obscuring judgment for many other pieces of evidence. Quite possible. There again, you know, we talk about all these problems with these things being uh, biological-only creatures that just happen to live here as a subspecies. Those problems are kind of just solved if you look at these things as being some type of non-human entity. And we have to ask ourselves, 
could they be the non-human entity that Tucker Carlson and Tom DeLong and so many others have been talking about? Maybe just here testing us out, testing the environment, looking for their niche. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.